Hello Hi everyone welcome to another exciting episode of Guiding Voice podcast series The Guiding Voice for a better future This is Navin and I'm with my co-host Sudhakar Dear listeners in this episode we want to captivate you with the hottest topic digital transformation and the impact of covid-19 on it to talk about this we have with us a leader who spends a lot of her time on strategizing the digital transformation with some of the big industry leaders josna in the last 25 years of my association with josna kuchmunchi one thing that did not change is her appetite to build relationships and her passion to be a hardcore change agent as quoted by john f kennedy change is the law of life and those who look only to the past or present are certain to miss the future josna is perfectly following this quote and leading by example hi josna welcome to our podcast series and we are excited to have you as our guest Thanks, Sudhakar. Thanks, Naveen. Uh, I think this is an fantastic uh, initiative, and it's a pleasure being on this particular platform. And this personally provides me a great opportunity to connect with the next gen and stay relevant to the industry today. Thank you, Josna, for taking time. Thank you, Josna. Computer science engineer, done her MBA in international business from Symbiosis, and also LLB with specialization in patent law from Nalsar University, Hyderabad. Josna loves to connect with people, customers, prospects and exchange ideas and views, especially on product solutions that would enhance the customer experience. Josna brings in wealth of experience in designing experiences for digital products and services that are aligned to the organization's vision and strategic priorities. In addition, Josna spends some of her quality time with the startup community in mentoring them. So listeners, Josna has over 20 years of IT industry experience. She started her career as a product manager at Value Labs, headed mobility and scaled up till the rank of vice president digital. After her long stint there, she joined Cognizant where she is currently serving as digital transformation leader. Josna got to know from Sudhakar that you always say the simplest way to define you is connect that simply captivating personally i'm very glad to connect with you and i'm sure you will be able to connect with many of our audiences too josna based on your experience as a change leader can you define what is a change see at a very basic level if we have to define change it is all about moving to a future state take the example what is happening in the industry and what is happening in the society today right have you ever imagined that you would probably have to wear a mask before you go out so change always happens around us right internally motivated for example when you look at the companies they might be coming across increasing cost decreasing profits that is one motivation for them to actually change or externally motivated right like covid 19 is one of the case competition or even the market disruption what is happening with paytms and google pays of the world these are the players that actually motivate certain uh, changes in the organization now while change is common change management is how do you support these individuals who are affected now who are the individuals who are affected it could be employees it could be your vendors it could be your customers primarily or it could be even your third party agents like you take the claims or you probably take the insurance part of it you have the agents also these are some of the people who would typically be impacted by the change 
how do you help them transition from the current state to the future state just for you to understand it simply uh, this entire covid 19 is going to change the way uh, you will function at home how you work from home how your maids are going to respond how you're going to shop everything how do you actually as an ecosystem change from today's state to a post covid 19 situation is in simpler words what you can talk about change and change management Absolutely great insights Josna in fact you touched the very valid points of comparing the current covid situation versus how can we imagine the future is going to be this reminds me of a quote change is the only constant in the world and the species that is going to adapt to the change is the one which will be most successful thanks for those insights now digital transformation has been a buzzword of late what exactly is digital transformation in your view so before we even get into digital transformation i think it's important for us to understand what digital is digital means different things to different people right and there's no concrete definition that you can say this is what digital is all about in my opinion digital is all about creating seamless and frictionless experiences so for example if you go to an icici bank and you want to you know open an account you probably have a tablet application that would enable you to quickly onboard this is what you see as a seamless and frictionless experience but in order for you to actually open an account there's a lot of things that happen in the background it is the process automation that actually happens it is the uh, you know the analytics that would actually tell you that based on your profile which is the best account that is suited for. so essentially when all the technologies or the integration of digital technologies into the areas of business fundamentally changing how you are operating and delivering new uh, value to the customers is what i would probably term it as digital transformation that's really wonderful in fact we are going to experience lot of new things in the new world when it comes to digital transformation so i'm really excited to imagine about how the world is going to be in 5 or 10 years from now because if you look at certain things you mentioned about opening an account with tablet which did not exist 15 years ago and people used to stand in the queues in order to do some transactions and all now everything is happening at the fingertips so with that in mind we can definitely imagine how digital transformation is going to transform the world thank you josna now that you explained about digital transformation Can you please share with our listeners on the role of a digital transformation leader? See, typically a digital transformation leader, we interact a lot with the CXO guys, right? When I say CXO, we are essentially referring to the CEO, CIO, your chief marketing officer, your chief technology officer, and in some of the advanced organization, you also come across the role of a chief digital officer. Now, what do we do? We essentially look at reimagine the customer experience. we also digitize your products and services and operation at a very layman term what we are essentially talking about is most of you might have already gone to e seva services provided by the government so you probably have a birth in your family so how do you go ahead and register this particular birth and all of that so if you look at it it is how to earlier you probably had to go to a ghmc and there's a whole lot of things that you probably had or even take the case of uh, you know when you're trying to buy a property you verify the ec part of it you check whether this particular property is correct uh, is it legally okay for you to go ahead and invest you probably have banks that would actually come and tell you whether this is the right property to invest and so on so we are essentially talking about multiple components coming together which is in terms of your products services operations so as leaders again we try to answer some of the questions how can you better interact with your customers how can you serve your customers better how do you onboard them quickly as in the case of icici bank that i was talking about how can organizations make more money without adding additional cost 
see if you keep on uh, you know spending money and then you make additional money it is not probably viable in the long run if you look at it how can you compete in the market effectively with the likes of fintech organizations that are coming in or let's say electric vehicles are now coming in how do you stay relevant as an automobile organization how do you reduce the cost how do you cross sell and upsell so in order you know there's a whole gamut of things that we talked about now how do we put a structure to all of this together right so what we start is we first of all work with the senior management try to understand what they are trying to achieve what are their pain points more importantly we win over the workforce a lot of a time so you know i appreciate dr asking me this first question about what is a change agent because a lot of effort in the digital transformation goes into how do you win your workforce altogether how do you bring in that culture and change because if you have done that believe me you have already embarked upon the digital transformation journey altogether and also as i was saying digital transformation should always be top down approach it should have the buy in from the top management as long as they are committed to this particular one everything else will fall into place it is also important for us to understand what are the market disruptions that are happening what is your edges and markets doing what is your competition doing for example and uh, a lot of these uh, approaches that we have more importantly earlier if you have uh, remember a lot of you guys would uh, know you know when you look at the case studies that somebody has embarked upon a data warehouse project this data warehouse project goes for 3 4 years before you start seeing the result in today's world that is no longer possible you need to start doing iterative whatever you pick up there's no guarantees it is going to succeed that's perfectly fine you're going to fail fast more importantly you're going to learn fast how do we do things and if it doesn't move on how do you move on to the next initiative last but not the least data is considered to be the new oil why is that because every organization is trying to use data as an asset and they're trying to invest more and more into new and disruptive technologies especially like big data and artificial intelligence and driving innovation and turning this data assets into their capital these are some of the work that we do as part of digital transformation thank you josna that was really insightful so data is the new oil digital transformation is something that you need to push down from top and that helps in two things one is how can you serve your customers better and how multiple components are coming together to serve your customers better that's amazing thank you so we all know that now digital transformation is a real and it is now it is already driving the business in these unprecedented times of this covid-19 situation there is a saying in the market that covid-19 has fast forwarded the need of digital transformation experts are of the opinion that companies are already expediting the digital transformation initiatives at least 3 years prior to the original plan in your engagement with the business leaders what are you seeing as a trend in industry jasna going towards covid-19 today right you have been hearing about some of the organizations going burst in us and uh, some payloads are actually happening so there's definitely a panic situation right now without people going into the shopping malls and all of that while the early trends definitely are uh, you know uh, showing uh, that you know there are several digital transformation initiatives that are on a fast track primarily let's look at it from a touchless experience so i was looking at a video yesterday which one of my friends had shared where how do you order at mcdonalds is going to change completely digital payments and everything done through the glass everything done through the distance part so these kind of a digital onboarding touchless experience online ordering so how many of you guys have already seen your parents suddenly ordered everything from the online portals and everything have you observed that uh, for those of you who are actually familiar with hyder 
Hyderabad, where lengthy foods I've never seen it somebody delivering that on their own. It is probably available on Swiggy and other channels. But today, Velenki actually set up their own stall in our apartments to ensure that they're able to sell it. So this, the way the business models are going to come up with, the way the experience is going to be delivered is going to change drastically. And again, in my opinion, so millennials, if you look at it, the likes of you, right? How many have you actually thought about savings and healthcare till date? But I'm sure in the last two, three months, all of you are actually thinking about how do you save for the future? How do you invest in your own health? How do you stay fit? How do you ensure that, you know, your parents are healthy, they have the right insurance policies and everything in place. This is the change that we are talking about that COVID has brought in. Now, in terms of the industries, I think there are going to be several industries that you'll start seeing fast-track digital initiatives. But in my opinion, healthcare. Have you wondered that, uh, you know, even homeopathy clinics today have started video consultation? That is because they're losing business. They want to stay connected with the patient. And your OPDs are actually closed as of today. So that's one of the reasons people are looking at how do they stay connected. And that's where you're actually going to get into the video consultation. And education, take the case of education itself. Have you ever thought of actually getting into online classes till date? No, in the last two, three months, right from your nursery or probably even the first class, you see kids actually in front of the ca cameras, in front of their laptops, attending these classes. Did we ever imagine that is actually possible? Not really. And then we are also talking about government operations. The standard operating processes, especially for your work from home, is being drafted in India today. Digital operation processes and everything, you will see a major, major way you're going to interact and avail all of your government services. Last but not the least, I'm thinking there's a reverse urbanization going on. Till uh, about a year back, there were a lot of people from rural who are actually looking at coming into the urban areas in order to ensure that they make their livelihood. But you will start seeing the reverse urbanization. What I mean by that is the real estate prices are have already shot up. Now, people are going to start moving away from your urban areas to the rural areas to save better and still stay at the same productivity because your work from home is going to be encouraged more and more. Take the example of TCS again. They are already talking about 50% to 80% of the workforce being work from home from by 2025. Isn't that great? You're actually at the cusp of this digital wave, which was never witnessed earlier and it was completely unprecedented. Thank you, Josna. Those were real insightful conversations. Primarily talking about the healthcare aspect, education, and the new concept that you introduced, reverse urbanization. That is more from the business standpoint. But when you talk from the customer side, how do you think digital transformation will elevate or enhance the overall customer experience? See, I'll probably take a personal example of mine. In way back in 2015, when Prime Minister Narendra Modi he announced about digital campaign. I was actually blown away by the kind of vision that they have created about connecting every village, every town, and more importantly, every citizen of India. But I felt it was a very distant dream, right? It was not something that was easily achievable, at least in my mind of it. So as part of my work, I was part of an anthropology study. Now, a lot of you guys might ask me what an anthropology study. Anthropology study is the study of humans, culture, society, and geography 
that influences their decision making. Okay, going back, it was part of this anthropology study where uh, we had done this as part of one of our NGO engagement. So where we wanted to see how the initiatives that are being given by the government, take the example of Swachh Bharat, where you're kind of constructing the toilets and ensuring the cleanliness of the toilet. How do you actually ensure that these initiatives by the government are taken to the last mile, which is your rural areas and all of that? And not just that, there are a lot of education initiatives that the government is coming up. So how do you ensure that all of these are taking part? So that was one of the anthropology study that was there. So I had the opportunity of visiting Chhattisgarh and we had visited few villages in a forest which is close to Bilaspur. So you're essentially talking about the poorest of the poor people, the vulnerable people in this particular area. And uh, I'll give you some of my examples. So we met these children at Anganwadi. Anganwadi is typically your rural childcare center. And this Anganwadi was colored in bright colors and it looked extremely extremely beautiful. All the kids were neatly dressed and they were waiting for us to come in. A majority of the kids were actually very confident at engaging us in the conversations. In my own overconfidence, right, so I had this iPhone on my hand. I just kind of uh, showed it to them and I asked them, do you know what this? My intention was, I wanted to check whether they know what a mobile phone was not. So one of the smart uh, boys, he asked me, can you please remove the cover? I removed the cover and immediately he told me it's an iPhone 10. It took him approximately just two seconds to identify that. That's when it was a revelation for me because we understood that Reliance Geo and Oppo, for example, have actually tied up and they have really amassed this entire market. Every particular villager in this particular one have got their own phones and uh, which are the Oppo smartphones that you're essentially talking about. And they're also equipped with Reliance Geo. Would you believe if I tell you that they use speech where they say, hey, Google, give me methi paratha. So the, it is actually, it reads out and they're going ahead and cooking it. Today we struggle as Arbas. We go ahead and we struggle as to how do we put in this particular text? What is the exact word to search and everything? They have actually simplified it. This according to me, the uncomplicating it part of it, like how Ranbir Kapoor says it, right? Uncomplicated, silly. Uncomplication part of it is what I think is your customer experience, uh, uh, Sudhakar. And uh, is it digital transformation? I don't want to use a lot of these big words and everything, right? But yes, digital is kind of enhancing the experience, ensuring that every other service that you want is being delivered to the right person at the right time and the right quantity that is required. Excellent, Josna. Thanks for that. Yeah, I think any business transformation that we talk about, we should be aiming to uncomplicate things. And in the remotest possible villages, if they are having the accessibility to wealth of data, the new aisle, like you mentioned, using their phones and internet, and if they can do all these searches using speech, that is a transformation. And like you rightly said, whether we call it a digital transformation or not is up to us. So Josna, wonderful points. Those who are working on digital transformation initiatives should focus on anybody and everybody. We are not trying to target a particular segment of people or a particular community. And whatever the products that will be part of the digital transformation should be easy to use. And I'm excited how the world is going to look like. Coming to the employment part, employees fear that they might lose jobs because of robotic process automation, the RPA and other automation initiatives, so which are part of this digital transformation. And what is your take on this? See, Firstly, I think uh, RPA is definitely going to automate many mundane activities and it is going to free up a lot of capacity, but it is not going to happen overnight. 
the freeing up of the capacity will happen in bits and pieces for certain parts of the process and definitely not for the entire job let's take the example again of a claims processing right a health claims process so if you look at uh, the conditions and everything they probably allow about 15000 rupees to be claimed towards any eye surgery now some of the smart guys what they do is they probably get the te- uh, the surgery done for one eye claim the 15000 and again they go ahead and then uh, claim for the other eye what is actually happening is because the risk factor is increasing this uh, the premium that every individual have to pay subsequently increases because of these kind of a fraudulent claims and everything that is happening now when rpa comes into picture it would actually be able to take away all of these uh, mundane tasks right it is able to compare it and tell you that this particular person has already undergone a particular eye surgery and his eligibility of 15000 has already been used so essentially what are we talking about we are freeing up again a lot of activity for the agent to go ahead and work on what matters which is trying to provide right health insurance to the right people at the lowest cost possible and also de-risking themselves as an organization itself this is the first part of it the second part of it i think personally again rpa cannot be effective without human and intelligence at end of the day humans we still consider our brain to be much much superior than that of the machine so humans can definitely utilize artificial intelligence and machine learning but they are very long away from ensuring humans remain in control of the workplaces now third part of it technology can actually create new jobs this particular data explosion that we are essentially talking about will create new jobs which will focus on analyzing monitoring managing data and also new technology that would be required to ensure that the ever evolving compliance and regulations are also met so just to conclude the rise of robotic process automation is actually liberating people from unproductive work while creating completely new industries and new service lines enhancing human skills is more effective and sustainable way of working rather than trying to automate everything that in my opinion we don't need to be overly worried about the rpa replacing the jobs mm-hmm. agree insights josna so just to summarize uh, rpa is going to take the mundane repetitive redundant tasks so that humans can focus on something creative and the intelligent tasks of it thank you for your insights josna with the background provided by you i'm sure our audience who are primarily the fresh graduates and young professionals are now super excited with this digital transformation can you share little bit about what kind of roles they can pursue in the digital transformation space and what skills they should be focusing on okay see essentially if you look at it digital transformation is vast right it is like a ocean however let's uh, probably constrain this particular conversation only to the digital transformation strategy itself if you are actually going to participate in the strategy there are certain roles that you require right the first one is a digital transformation leader if you remember i talked about how we work with the cxos in order to define what is their current need what is their pain points that they have got how do they go ahead and identify what is the competitor analysis and everything your digital transformation leader is going to set that vision then you need the change champion again this is something that i referred you need to have a change champion who is going to work very closely with the change champions of the organizations to ensure that the right culture and the right change management is in place to ensure that every digital initiative that is going to come up eventually is going to be embraced by the organization you need the technical engineer see how much ever tech digital you talk about it 
technologies and enablers. So you definitely need one te- technical engineer who can understand what is a current as is scenario of their technology architecture or systems and infrastructure and who can define what is your future state again. You need a business expert. Now, if you don't understand that business, if for example, you can't bring in a retail guy, put him into a financial domain like a bank and tell him that, you know, Pepsi did this. Now, HDFC bank should do it. It doesn't work that way because the entire, the systems or the customer personas that you talk about, everything differs by vertical. So you need to have a functional expert or a business expert that you're talking about. Then you need, as we were talking about, data is your new oil. So how do you ensure that the data that you have within the organization can be monetized? What do I mean by monetization? I'm talking about how can you make more money out of your data? Can you cross sell to one of some of your uh, existing customers? Can you identify new customers to go after? Those are some of the things that your data architect would be able to help. Now UX and CX, right? So the customer experience professional is the one who is going to define how simple and frictionless is this experience in terms of the customers interacting with yours. We want this to be so silly that, you know, people don't apply their brain for on onboarding or interacting with any of your systems, but not the list that we are talking about is a financial analyst and your critical hacker. Financial analyst is one who is going to tell you whether the investments that you're going to put into these digital initiatives are warranted or not, and how do you justify that particular cost. Your critical hacker is one person who is actually going to hack into your system genuinely to see what is going wrong in your system and how do you fix it. He's not like any other hacker, but the reason we call them as a critical hacker is to ensure that they can find all those vulnerabilities, all those loopholes which need to be fixed in order for you to embark on your digital journey. Thanks, Josna. You highlighted many roles like financial analyst, critical hacker, user experience professional, business expert, technical engineer. So to acquire all these skill sets, what are the avenues or platforms that our listeners can actually explore to know more about digital transformation? part of the digital strategy and consulting if you guys are coming from an MBA background, a lot of this is actually covered part of your syllabus itself, which is your financial analysis part of it, the business part of it, how is the business run part of it and so on. And you need to be a techno-functional person in this particular world. You can't be a person who says that I'm just a business person and I'm just a technology person. Look around you. There are a lot of courses that are happening. There, there. If you go to Amir Pate, you have a lot of courses that are happening or even online, there are a lot of courses. You have fantastic collaborations that are going on with MIT's hardware who are actually providing you all these kind of online courses. You should look for those that would enable you to jumpstart your career. So look for microservices architecture, for example, because this is what enables that however small your platform is, it is scalable because you are actually allowing your platform to be integrated with your tech organizations which are available there so that you are quickly able to market it. Look for microservices. Look for cloud. You already have a lot of tools that are being provided by AWS, your Azure and all of that. So in fact, if you look at it, Azure ML is there, which is going to give you a jumpstart on your machine learning uh, part of it itself. Also look at IoT platforms. Some of the IoT platforms that you can think are 
Thingworks platform by PTC. That's a fantastic one for you to get started in order to understand what kind of a data will come in from connected things. What is a connected thing? It could be as simple as the AC that is sitting in your house to the large machinery that will be there in your manufacturing itself. And a business analyst is another key uh, central role that we kind of look at it because he's the person who is going to be the bridge between your business and technology part of it. So look out for business analyst kind of a role that would be great. There are a lot of design thinking, uh, customer experience, anthropology study courses that are actually provided. Again, uh, you can look for the customer experience part of it. And then there are cybersecurity roles that are there. There are data scientist roles that are there. And if you look at the digital delivery part of it, become a scrum master. If that is something that is interesting for you, transform yourself into a scrum master. And or, you know, a product owner who understands what this particular product is, and then you can actually take it over from there. Go for automation testing, for example. You've got the likes of Selenium and others, which is a very, very advanced than what your manual testing is all about. Go for automation testing. The opportunities are unlimited. There are a lot of providers who are there who can actually equip you with this. Think about what are the opportunities that are there, what you want to go after. And at the end of this one, I think my LinkedIn profile is going to be provided to you. Get in touch with me, more than happy to help any one of you. Thank you, Josna, for sharing all the avenues and platforms that are available. And thanks for the offer that we can directly uh, reach out to you on LinkedIn. I'm sure our listeners will be delighted to have that opportunity. Josna, let's switch back a little bit onto the personal side of it as well. We always talk about this. Being a woman leader is a little more complex. Mother of two children and serving as a senior executive, along with your passion for mentoring the startups, I'm sure it is not easy for you to manage the home, the professional side, and also your passion like startups and all. How do you manage your schedule and priorities? I'm sure you know experience will help our diverse audience to aspire better. Essentially, when anyone, if you look at any of the freshers, right, when they join the organizations, the women ratio is actually very high compared to men. But as the years of experience increases, we see that the women's ratio is always dropping off, right? And with women deprioritizing their work life. That is one of the reasons why you see that, you know, the women leadership in organizations being a mere percentage of what men are. As a woman in tech, especially as you pointed out rightly, a mother of two, a very ambitious kids. The lines between our work life and home life can always be very blurry. And this is uh, often, it's like, you know, we accept as this is a package deal, working hard, always rising to the occasion, multitasking and so on. And uh, probably very hard on myself also trying to be the perfect daughter, wife, daughter-in-law, mother and aunt. By the way, I've got several fantastically cute niece and nephews whom I love uh, to bits. And I think uh, there was one stage where I decided that I need to really take a pause because I've learned that I can't keep everyone happy. And I realized that it's okay. No one around me is actually expecting me to be perfect. And uh, I decided that, you know, I have to be kind to myself, spend time on my own health because only when I'm healthy, I'll be able to take care of my family. And self-reflection, I uh, find a hobby that brings you a joy. So the mentoring of the startups that you're talking about or not the TikTok videos, but I love doing the dub smash videos and so on. And it has been a long time since I've actually compared myself with anybody, be it in terms of, you know, the looks or the free time or the enjoyment. I just find a balance between my work-life ambition and my personal life. 
I think it is also very important that we acknowledge who is enabling this particular balance to us on a day-to-day basis. It could be your at work life, you know, your colleagues, your boss, and some of your friends that you have. Personally, for me, I contribute my success any day to my dad to start with. He brought me up as uh, equivalent to any of the other boys. In fact, more so, he thought that I, I for every small achievement of mine, he was the first person who used to be super happy at every promotion, at every hike that I used to get. And my husband, he has given me tremendous amount of support. There have been several occasions where he kind of, you know, dropped off his travel plans. He's equally busy. He uh, dropped off his travel plans and he always stood like a pillar. Last but not the least, my father-in-law is somebody that I really wanted to call out because he typically wanted all the women to explore the opportunities that are available for them. Go after them rather than sitting in front of the TV for the Saas Bahu series. Especially now, right? In this tiring time, you're sitting at home, you have to balance your work, you also have to balance your cleaning, which typically your maids take care of it and also the cooking part of it. And what I've realized is it's okay if your kids and come in front of your conference calls. I've seen that a lot of my colleagues are pretty acceptable about it. In fact, they have shown a lot of interest in knowing who my kids are, what their hobbies and everything are. And it is perfectly okay for me to go ahead and tell them that I need a break to have lunch with my husband and kids and finally there have been occasions in the recent time when I had to interrupt one of the conference calls uh, take a 10 minutes break just so that you know I can clean my utensils a positive side of this COVID-19 to be candid is the chef in my husband has come out he doesn't even know where the kitchen is I don't think he has ever cooked anything in his life in his entire 45 years of his life but yesterday he experimented with a Mexican burrito bowl it's, it's his first time and believe me it took a lot of pain for me rather than him because I was his uh, assistant and he was the chief chef over there but it was fun and it is these kind of a moments that you can cherish right when you kind of look back for all the uh, tiring time that you're actually facing right now Yeah, absolutely. You know, this COVID-19, the unprecedented times actually enabled many of us to explore the things that we never wanted to do. And I'm sure uh, with Kerala's passion about everything, (laughs) his his experience and his experiment about the Mexican burrito bowl was really amazing. Excellent. Josna, you know, with all these amazing things that go around you, what is one quote or anecdote that stuck in your mind forever? So you know who said this, okay? And I'm not sure if I'm repeating this correctly or not. But one thing that kind of strikes me quite often or every other day is everyone dream of success, right? Every single individual born definitely has dreamt of success. But only some dare to wake up and work hard for it. Be that one single person who can change your own dreams and make that into a reality. Great. That is well said. I think it was uh, Steve Jobs, but I may be wrong. <laughs> but Josna, as always, it's amazing. And it's always an enthralling experience to interact with you. You know, thank you very much for accepting our invitation in your busy schedule from both personal and professional sides. Uh, it was indeed a great conversation with various aspects of digital transformation. And again, thank you very much for the energy and the passion that you bring into any conversation and any interaction. Really appreciate you taking time. Thank you, Sudha. Thank you, Josna. Thanks, Amin. All right. So, dear listeners, to know more about our speakers and the content, visit or follow us on social media or feel free to email us and we will be happy to share further details with you. So, this brings us to the trivia segment of this episode. And 
Today's trivia is about creative thinking. In 2010, the United States Air Force used 1760 PS3, that is PlayStation 3s, to build a supercomputer for the Department of Defense. And you know the reason why they used PS3s? Because it was more cost efficient and green. So this is something like a technology made for a purpose but being used for a different purpose. So hats off to the team. So if you'd like to share any trivias, please feel free to share them through email. The guiding voice number four, letter U at the red gmail.com or you can SMS us or WhatsApp us on India number 9494587187. We will not only share the best trivias in future episodes, but we'll also announce your names on this show. Again, folks, we are open for suggestions on topics that you'd like to hear from us through email. Our email address is theguidingvoice number 4 letter u at the rate gmail.com. I repeat, the email address is theguidingvoice number 4 letter u at the rate gmail.com. And you may also WhatsApp us on India number 9494587187. Request you to like our page on Facebook, facebook.com slash theguidingvoice number 4 letter u and follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash guidingvoice. to stay tuned about future episodes there is more in store until next time have a wonderful time take care and be safe thank you for listening thank you so much